your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Coming up on the show, retiring Lacrosse Center director Art Faye is going to be on here in about nine, eight minutes. I'll try to get this out of the way quick so we can talk to Art. But all things Lacrosse Center as he retires after 32 years working there and 22 as the center director. Um, some of the highlights, you know, get some of the highlights from him. A little reminiscing, but also where does the center go moving forward? He's retiring right after a $42 million expansion, right? And now the expectations maybe are heightened. And then how, how do we replace Art? How do we replace somebody that's been at the lacrosse center for 32 years and 22 is the director. And that's what the lacrosse center board is currently go undergoing, uh, uh, having just replace art with another art, so to speak. I don't know if we got to find another guy named art. That'll be really tough. If we, we go by those stipulations, I don't think we're making arts anymore. Anyone have anyone named art little, uh, infant babies, <laughs> Or name them art. Uh, I don't know why I'm stuck at that. And uh, but the center board is also talking about bringing in a, a private firm to essentially run the lacrosse center, kind of the way the Forest Hills Golf Course works, where the golf course is the city's, and then someone comes in and runs that. Um, and so, you know, and then what they take a cut of the profits, something like that. You can ask Art that too as well. After that, lacrosse mayor Mitch Reynolds back for a second day, uh, week in a row. Uh, if you check your mailbox, probably today, they went out Friday. Mayor Mitch Reynolds uh, warned us, warned us uh, last week Monday that the city's property tax assessments were coming in the mail, and you should have gotten them probably today. I'm guessing if you're getting home from work, go check your mailbox. Uh, shoot me a text. So I recorded this interview with Mitch an hour ago because he has a meeting right now. So the uh, we can't yell at him directly. <laughs> uh, but you're, you're, what you're seeing there, I, I think he's going to try to put you at ease, what you're seeing and what you might have to pay. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I will, and I didn't, when I talked to him, I didn't pretend to know exactly how taxes work. I, I talked to somebody beforehand that knows how this stuff works a little bit, but it's still like trying to teach me a foreign language right before trying to ask somebody about how that foreign language works. Not the greatest analogy, Rick. Anyway, um, yeah, so a couple of things, though. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk, about, talk to Art uh, as he retires on Thursday. They had a little retirement party for him, and of course, you know, with the, the highlight of uh, he went out in a bang, so to speak, because as we talked about a little bit yesterday, Charlie Barron's two back-to-back sold-out shows to uh, to kind of send Art off. It was nice of Charlie to do that. And and you know what's interesting is and when, when Mitch Reynolds gave Charlie Barron's the key to the city and said, you know, it's great to have a guy come come to lacrosse and, and sell out two shows, uh... Charlie flipped that back and said, I didn't sell out two shows. This community sold out two shows. Eric from Sparta's on. Eric, real quick, go ahead. I was kind of wondering, the lacrosse center, apparently they're waiting to see how much money they can make out of this person who's a contractor. If they can't do that, then what are they going to do after that? They can't make enough money off of it. Yeah. Um, 
it's a it's city owned, so it's not a, it's not so much about making money as it's about providing for the community. I think a lot of people misunderstand what uh, you know when the city has things and government has things that to provide to the community. It's not about like how much how how can we stiff the community into making a ton of money for this thing. Uh, there's a balancing act there, but it's not always about revenue. All right. I'm going to get to Brad in the news quick so we can bring Art on and and get as much time with him as, uh, as we talk, talked at length with the mayor after that. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk PM 608-785-7914 is the text line. If you want to text me, you got to you you want to wish Art happy retirement. Congratulations. Art, are you officially retiring cuz when my dad retired like 5 years ago, he still works at a different job and he just he he works like more he works more than me at 70. <laughs> you know, I I'm guessing everybody does that. It's that, you know, I don't I think retirement's misnamed. I think it's just uh, the next phase of life. Yeah, right, definitely. Uh, Art Fay, he's the center, lacrosse center director. Did I do that right? Or maybe I didn't even say. Uh, he's been with the lacrosse center for almost 32 years. He's been the director for 22 years. Uh, it only took you 20. It only took you a decade to move right to the top of the ladder there, Art. What, what were you doing? What, what kind of savvy moves were you making in the, in the early 90s, mid-90s to get that director job after only a decade? Well, <laughs> I was a marketing guy here, and, and when we hit uh, the year 2000, there were some changes that were made. People moved on, and I had an opportunity and put my name in, and fortunately I was, uh, I was uh, able to get it for uh, interim director for about eight months, and then they decided, okay, it seems to be doing all right. The team seems to be doing well. Let's, let's move forward. Yeah, you you see the did you see those people like you anticipated that they were retiring and then you kept a bunch of like really big hot ticket items in your back pocket so that when you applied for the job, I'm applying for the job, but also I'm going to bring in, you know, like Metallica and uh, whatever comedian was big right there in the 90s, maybe Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't quite like that, you know. Just kind of keep the keep the ship abroad, uh, uh, going well, and and uh, we were fortunate enough to do that. Now you kind of went out with a, in a bang too. How how did you feel about the Charlie Barron show? Back to back sold out shows, nine thousand people. So forty five hundred people the lacrosse center holds. Uh, I mean, you, what I noticed at, at, after his first show was lacrosse center director Art Faye was picking up garbage out of the oh, out of the yeah. crowd. <laughs> you know, we got just got to do what we got to do. You know, but that was a special night. You know, uh, that many people coming to see a, a comedian, and uh, you know, we've had bigger crowds, but back to back comedian crowds like that was great. And uh, you know, I've known this particular promoter for 25 years, and they made arrangements. And for that second show, which you may or may not have known, they brought me on stage, which was a really special moment. I've never been on stage with uh, an artist like that, and uh, did a little congratulation kind of thing, and that was very special for that night too. Okay, oh, that, that's great, and that's what I miss by not sticking around for the second show. I, I don't, I, uh, you know, we, we we watched the mayor get the key, give the key to the city. Uh, he didn't give the key to the city to you, though. So you know, but that's well, great. Actually, he <laughs> gave me a key to the city at another ceremony uh, at a different time. So oh, kind of nice. Well, when when is the Art Art Fahey proclamation? Uh, what day is that? The 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 <laughs> day Art Fahey Day, right? Yeah, that that's come and gone, so it's it's been nice. It was good. Well, we have to celebrate it every year, right? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 22 years as director, 32. The, the lacrosse center was built in 1980, so you you come on a, a decade into this thing. Um, you know, what are some highlights that you, you have experienced? What are some shows that in your time there you're like, this is the coolest thing uh, that I brought in? What are your top – well, let's do. Do you have a top three art? 
Well, it, that's kind of hard to, to grab, but, you know, there's just kind of stories for a lot of them. You know, the, I know a lot of people saw the Elton John show, and that was kind of an interesting one because, you know, he came in here. There was no reason for him to come to La Crosse, Wisconsin, because he can play much bigger venues, command much bigger dollars. But he told his management at that time, take me where I've never been before. And we were fortunate enough to have the promoter have a close relationship with us at the time. And... uh Lacrosse got on the on the routing, and we were the second smallest building he played. And uh, he came in, did uh, about sixty two, sixty three hundred people. And when he was going to play, it was early April, and we got a we got a snowstorm that came through. And uh, that April date, and it was oh two o'clock in the afternoon. And he said, "We're not." Everything was here. The band was set. The stage was set. Cat, uh, catering was all ready to go. Everything was ready to go, but we just didn't have Elton John. And then we got a call from from his office, and he said he's not going to come up at this time. So 2 in the clock in the afternoon, we had 6,500 people driving in a snowstorm and coming down here, and he wasn't coming. So that was unfortunate, but he did make it up about a month later and, and made good his date here. Oh, wow, I didn't even know that that part of the story. Uh, man, you must have been just uh, drenched in sweat and, and worried, and, and what now what, right, that day? Yeah, well, there was a lot of that. I mean, you know, because there were some special things that we had to do for dressing room and food and beverage, and, you know, people drove a long ways. There were Minneapolis and Chicago people coming up for that, and they were making it here, and says, we can drive that far, and he's not coming in, you know, so it was not the most comfortable situation. A lot of, a lot of heartache and headache going on, but, you know, he, he good enough, he, he, he made it good. I mean, if we look at, like, Elton John, what he is as, a, as an artist even back then, uh, we, we know the dude isn't dr- jumping in a four-wheel drive F-150 and, and making it in a snowstorm to the lacrosse center. <laughs> <You can't. Yeah. laughs> well, he was coming in from Atlanta. He's got places in Atlanta, London, and L.A. So, uh, But, you know, when you see a snowstorm in the Midwest and you're in Atlanta, you kind of go, uh-uh, I'm not going there. Yeah, so, so. That, so that's kind of like a highlight and low light, a low light then a highlight for you. Anything else that really sticks out? Well, you know, at the time, you know, it was Reba McIntyre came in, and she had a Vegas show she put on the road, and we were fortunate enough to get that. And that was, you know, when the movie Tremors was there, and she had some special effects going with that. She did a duet with uh, Vince Gill on a, on a screen. And, uh, you know, at that time, that was quite the, quite the production. We'd never seen anything like that here before. So her show was quite, quite uh, special. You know, we had Aerosmith in here, and, you know, they, they were the biggest crowd that we've ever had. And uh, that was... Uh, a really special show because uh, boy, they put they their showmen and it was quite the event that we had here when they came through too. So I mean, those kind of events, you know, were are kind of special, you know. And then there's stories about a lot of other things, you know. But you know, going on the sporting side of things, you know, we saw the just recently the state boys and girls basketball tournament because the pandemic came here, and you know, we'll, the likelihood of that ever coming back is almost zero. But you know, just to be able to host that in part was was really special, and we had the first ever girls wrestling state tournament here last year and that was good and you and i before we got in the air we're talking about the days of the milwaukee bucks coming through and you know those were special days too when we saw them come through because we saw a lot of a lot of celebrities both on the bucks teams and the teams that were playing yeah 100 bucks you got out of me because i bought a front row ticket that day to the bucks grizzlies game <laughs> but it, well i think i think you need to know i didn't get it <laughs> yeah you didn't get it but it but it but it is like that's and that's kind of memories that the the stuff like that makes like i totally remember that as as an experience i had at the lacrosse center uh by the way tremors 1990 it's got a 75 percent audience score on rotten tomatoes so uh we, <laughs> well, let's not do any spoilers on what tremors is but it's a kevin bacon and apparently reba mcintyre uh, was in it as well. <laughs> I don't remember Reba yeah. in the movie, but maybe she was the female lead there. 
Um, yeah. The damsel in distress, so to speak. Um, you mentioned the Bucks. I, I just want to. I want to be mad at you still for not getting the what what we eventually named the Oshkosh herd or the. It's not the Oshkosh oh, herd. What is was, it though? That was quite an quite an experience too, because you know when the D League was looking around to do that, you know we 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 found out about it through our convention and visitors bureau, and we called them up, and they said, "Well, you're a little far away for us," and I, I didn't quite understand that, so they didn't have an awful lot of interest in us. And then when we put the proposal together and submitted it, you know, the, the kind of proposal that they wanted when you're dealing with the NBA, you know, is, uh, it was pretty difficult to, to financially come up with everything they wanted to without losing money. And, uh, so when that came down, we were, you know, fourth, fourth in and first out, you know, unfortunately, and then they, they played over there, you know, but you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing to, to have a steady diet and be a successful team in small markets like us. And, you know, I think, I think Oshkosh has got them, and I don't know how they're doing over there, to tell you the truth. Yeah, they built a, they built their own stadium there. I think it might be privately built, but I, I think there's there was, at least the last time I looked, a little bit of issue of paying for that stadium, um, um, or arena, I should call it, not really a stadium. Um, but did you guys ever try to get the Timberwolves as well? Because the Timberwolves ended up, I think they're in Des Moines, so it's not like they're even in Minnesota uh, you know, and and I when when this was happening, I was like, get the Timberwolves. We have a history with uh, the former Flip Saunders, right? Very very big history with Flip Saunders. But I don't know if you guys ever reached out. Yeah, we did reach out. We didn't get much of a welcoming on that one, but we did certainly call out to them and see if there was an opportunity to do that. And it just didn't seem to be much interest. And we didn't even get into the bidding process with them. They didn't they didn't want to see anything from us. Um, I had a caller just just before I brought you on, just kind of talk about, hey, we, you know, and generally, like, is the lacrosse center going to make money? Does it, you know, does it need to make money? Can you explain to me? And I, I did a little bit, but the the lacrosse center is here for the community. Um, but the, the the balancing act that you, as director, had to perform over the last twenty two years of 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 making money, but also providing for the community, and maybe you had to eat some of that money sometimes. Well, we did. I mean, you know, the center's built to cover its operating costs. It's it's not made to build money, but it's not also made to lose money. So, you know, there are sometimes you make business decisions that really are good for the community, uh, and sometimes, you know, they're... they're they may, they're good for the community, and they're not good business decisions because it brings a lot in, but, you know, it means nothing to the bottom line to the venue. So, you know, it's that delicate balancing act so that at the end of the year, you know, if we're at zero, we're in good shape. Any surplus funds that we have, and we've been fortunate to have a few, go to capital expenditures in the future, and we don't have to go in the capital uh, budget of the city. So it's, you know, we're not, we're not a true enterprise department, but we're darn close. Now, when you when you talked about bringing in Elton John or bringing in Aerosmith, so when Elton John doesn't make it because of a snowstorm, you'd probably lose some money there, but you, you bring him back a month later. Now, bringing in a superstar like that, do you make money or do you lose money just like paying the superstar to get here and you're only, you're, you know exactly how many tickets you're going to be able to sell and you just eat the rest because it's going to cost X amount to bring in Aerosmith because they're, you know, like we're going to pay for you guys to come here and then we're just going to provide for the community. I don't know. Do you make money on a show like that? Just well, the center? We, we, we do. Now, keep in mind that we aren't the ones that are buying the show. You know, we've never been able to buy a show, and that that's a, creates a little bit of a challenge because we don't carry the checkbook. We have to make the environment here nice enough or well enough that a promoter will bring them in. Uh, we've never been able to buy a show because that's just not a function of the building here, and we're tax-supported, so, you know, we're not buying shows. We don't bring out the checkbook and buy these acts that put money at risk. 
Um, you know, what we will do, though, is, you know, make it as conducive as possible to come in here and allow the, the event to, to make money. So, uh, you know, our, our revenue streams are going to come from, you know, the food and beverage. Uh, we do make a little bit of a commission on the box office. Um, and then some of the labor up charges that we've got there and some of the equipment that they use for us. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not... A, it's a good surge of money when you bring in, like on Saturday, 9,000 people. But you know, I'm telling you, a lot of it stays with the promoter and a lot of it stays with the act. Okay, that, that makes sense. You're, you're providing an environment that is, uh, like, you're, you're trying to lure. You're trying to lure the groups yeah. to come here. Hey, yeah, so, come, yeah, come over here. So they come in so that they can make money, you know. And, you know, the economic impact of everybody coming downtown, you know, and that's just a, one piece of a number of revenue silos that we've got down here, you know, and conventions another big part of it. So, like, we've got the Wisconsin... Uh, municipalities in here this week and the Wisconsin assessors next week and we had four a string of four conventions straight through you know and a lot of people don't even know they were here you know and but they were you know telecommunications group and the uh uh well art is healthcare that, engineers and like is that is that why the conventions are so important as opposed to because people always want Aerosmith Metallica or name an artist Taylor Swift right uh name an artist that would come now that's that's very popular I, I don't even know um they they want those acts because they're big names but those don't make money for you these conventions uh the the farmer uh, organic farming conference or other stuff like that the the pool and darts tournament I always kind of make the joke is the is the pool and darts tournament the biggest revenue for you guys it is a big one. It is a big one. I mean, when you got 2,000 people shooting darts at three different times of the day, and they're here for four days, uh, it, it, it is a significant event that comes to town, and it helps the downtown, is, the hotels, and it helps the center. Is that because of the, quote-unquote, the concessions? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. If anyone knows what happens when you play pool of darts. Um, yeah. Okay, so there's a board meeting tomorrow, and and I think you're part of these meetings in general in in terms of, uh, and I just got a couple minutes. I just want to get your take here. Uh, I, I, I joked we need to replace art with another art. I don't know if we'll be able to find a guy named art, but maybe a, a person that could run as center director, or we'll hire, I, I called it a private firm. I don't know if it would be called a firm, but a private company to run the center, like the golf course in town. Um, do you have a fe- do you have feelings on one way or the other in in, in that regard? Well, there's actually three options. There's a third option there. You talked about hiring director, an individual, hiring a company to come in. And there's been discussion also of a little bit of a hybrid of that, which makes it so that we hire uh, parts of the event. They have the center still run by local staff. And but at the same time, maybe we'll contract things out like stagehand work or security or something of that nature. Uh, you know, helping with the cleanup, some company to help us do that. Um, so there's there's a look at that as well. So you know, I, I think we've got some great people down here that have done a great job. They can continue the tradition. We've been 42 years, you know, as as direct hire or direct run here locally, which is I, I think a, quite a quite a run. You know, there is something to be said for full contract company, and um, you know, there's there's some ups and downs on both sides. So I don't have strong feelings either way. I just hope that the people that are here get a fair shot and, and uh, you know, get a look at this in the interim. Right now, i got three key people that are going to be running the place and reporting back to uh, Jay Odegaard in the Park and Rec Department, and then they'll continue their search and their, their research on what they're going to do. Do we have a three-headed interim director then? And are you like Bo Ryan of the Badgers where he uh, he holds the the team hostage until his his guy, the next in line, his assistant coach can take over. Do you have that going? <laughs> You're giving me way too much credit. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> so you don't have anyone in mind that could take your spot. It sounds like you have three people that are going to run it. I don't know if they will all take the interim director role though. 
No, they won't. They won't take the interim director role. They've all got kind of divvied up the duties, and they're grabbing hold of it and, and making sure the ship stays going straight. Okay, um, Art. Congratulations on your retirement, which officially is on Thursday, right? That's right. Thursday's last day. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, man. All right, Rick. Take care, buddy. All right, we got to take a break, and then Mayor Mitch on your property taxes. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now, I got Mitch, the mayor, Mitch Reynolds. All right, Mitch, we talked last Monday. You kind of hinted that. Well, you didn't hint. You just said the assessments are kind of the tax assessments were going to come out on. Well, they came out what a couple of days ago. Today, did they come out yesterday? I don't get taxes from Lacrosse. <laughs> No, you have to actually live in the city of Lacrosse. Yeah, you get notices from the assessment office in Lacrosse. Hey, Rick, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, no, they we I just got mine in the mail today, so I think most folks should be getting those in the mail. At least residential properties. I think commercial properties will be coming out are coming to mailboxes or wherever in the next couple of days. So yeah, every every property owner should be getting one of those relatively soon here in, in the city of Lacrosse. Okay, they went out Friday. All right, when you got your assessment, did your eyes pop out of your head and did you want to call City Hall? <laughs> uh, no. No, I didn't. No, man, my assessment went up by 20% and I think that that's that's not unexpected and I think a lot of folks will be seeing the same thing, 20% or thereabouts or some some might not increase that much. Some might increase more. It really is based on uh, what the assessed value is versus what is the market value. And obviously, we're going through this revaluation process citywide because we are not in compliance with the state law that requires us to be within 10% of market value once every five years. And we haven't been for quite a while. We've been out of compliance for a few years now. And I think that that was just a reluctance of past leadership to do a revaluation, uh, but uh, it certainly is something that we have to do based on state law. All right, I don't know exactly where to go with this because taxes aren't my thing, but if, your, if your, your value of your house went up, what'd you say, 20%? Yeah, 20%. So are your taxes going to go up 20%? Because that's what I'm going to see on my bill and go, what? Now my taxes are going to go up 20%. Yeah, my taxes will actually go down because the mill rate will decrease in the coming year by and and I and this is again my taxes will go down based on our estimated mill rate, and uh, because of our work on this revaluation and how long it took and the fact that we were out of compliance, we're a little bit farther behind than we should be uh, generally in in relation to getting these tax these assessments out. So our mill rate uh, estimates that went in for, uh, that was approved in our um, in our 2023 budget by the board of estimates last week. Uh, that was, I think we were estimating a, a decrease of about 19% in the mill rate. But if we look at that number, my taxes uh, on my assessment for um, for this past tax year, uh, city taxes would be about $2,948. In the coming year, my assessment goes up by 20% or thereabouts, but my total property taxes to the city will go down by $18. So it really is. It gets down to this is this is a citywide revaluation. We can't take in any more revenue than the state allows us to take in. So even though the values of the property go up, we are limited by how much revenue we can take in as the city. And so because we're taking in because we have a higher value of property, the mill rate has to go down because because we can't we can't take in more tax revenue than we already are. And people that know about this stuff know what a mill rate is cuz I that's you might as well say Farfignugan. 
<laughs> okay. Well, Barfick Nugent then, and we'll just leave it at that. No, yeah, I would hope that they would. So if if last year our mill rate was, uh, and I'm going to round this off to uh, four digits, so 0. 0.0108, that means that it's about, you know, um, let's see, uh, $10.08 on every $1,000 worth of property, right? For the coming tax year, it'll be about uh, $8.78 uh, or $8.79 for every thousand dollars of value so that's how much you would get taxed on from the city not from the school district or the county or the or wtc so how did you actually, get them how did I you actually get them? don't know their tax rates yeah but, uh, so our our mill rate will go down based on that and the mill rate is determined based on what <clears throat> the mill rate is based on so if our budget is 70 million dollars for the city uh, then we take all the property and then we determine what the uh, tax rate is to reach that, essentially that the point. And, and it's not, obviously, the $70 million is not all property tax revenue, but say our property tax revenue is, uh, and actually, honestly, Rick, I don't have it right in front of me, but say it's $37 million or something like that, $35 million. So our $35 million of property tax revenue, revenue we, we take all of the property value in the city, say $4.5 billion, and we figure out how we get to that $35 million of property tax revenue and do some simple math. And that's how we come up with, you know, $8.78 per $1,000 worth of property. Okay. Um, so so people, I think part of the assessment said uh, the tax, taxes can only go up, property taxes can only go up 1%. Does that make sense? Property tax budget? No, property taxes, no, that's a, a, the property tax revenue. The revenue that the city takes can, takes in can only go up by 1%. And it's a little, actually a little less than 1%. Okay. So, but, but yes, that is, that's, that's part of the revenue uh, limit constraints that we're, that uh, we're under uh, based on uh, this, uh, you know, the state requirements. <clears throat> the unfortunate thing is, is that our expenses far exceed that. And because shared revenue from the state has, remained stagnant for the last 30 years or whatever it is. In fact, in our case, it's gone down that we have to continue to make cuts in services to, uh, to make sure that we can, we can make the budget ends meet. Well, this is, because we can't can't raise the revenue to accommodate those additional expenses. Well, this is the spiel that two, two months ago or a month, a month ago you were on and we just kind of hit on this and we, we didn't talk about this last Monday, but this is something the state legislature needs to to get on and, and fix or what? I, I I think every municipality around the state of Wisconsin would like our state legislators to do their job, frankly, and and come up with an equitable solution to ensure that we can continue to, to deliver services locally at a very high and efficient level. And what they're doing now is is basically forcing municipalities all around the state to go to referendums to fund things like police and fire services. And there are dozens of municipalities that are doing that because of revenue limits. They just can't afford to basically keep the lights on. And this is because of it's not necessarily the revenue limits. It's just the state's flawed model for sharing revenue. You know, when the state first adopted an income tax back in 1911, the idea was to take the property of local government off the shoulders of property taxpayers. And so shared revenue accounted for 90% of budgets for municipalities. And so now we're down to less than 20%, and it keeps shrinking. 
and the state is sitting on a $6 billion surplus and has no desire to budge off of that. So the state is taking in all sorts of income tax revenue and sales tax revenue, and municipalities who are actually delivering services on a day-to-day basis for people in our neighborhoods, in our cities and villages, you know, we're, we're doing the hard work. We're doing the heavy lifting, and the state is essentially telling us to keep making cuts to essential services like police and fire and parks and libraries and everything else. And and they, I don't know, want to sit on their $6 billion and save it for a state legislator party or something. I'm not sure what they're planning. But uh, whatever it is, every municipality all around the state of Wisconsin is facing the same pressure. And so, yeah, it would be ideal if all of our state legislators would, I don't know, maybe stop their partisan bickering and get down to actual problem solving and figure out how to make the shared revenue model more equitable and fair. Well, they're out of session since March, so and they're not coming back till next year. So, I mean, yeah, and this is our full time legislature, by the way, (laughs) our full time legislature, which, you know, hangs out in Madison for a couple days a year. uh, That's uh, those are the folks that we're paying um, full time wages to. All right. So the. With that, that that what the state isn't doing, that means it falls on the the city, and the city can only. It's not like okay, well, we need to to pay for these services, so we're just going to increase property tax taxes. That's kind of like the, the, but you can't do that, right? Like you can't, you can't. There's a limit to what you can do there, right? That's correct. Yeah, again, we're limited to a one percent increase this year, and we're going to take it because we need it because we, you know, we have to pay again. We have to pay for essential services. And um, we have to take care of our employees. Uh, we have to make sure that we have police on the streets and fire, fire, firefighters on the streets. We have to make sure that the lawns are mowed in our parks. And we have to make sure that we've got plows are out on the street in the wintertime and all of the all those other things. we got to make sure that all that's being done. Uh, so and, you know, the one percent isn't going to get us there, but. We're able to utilize some one-time funding to get us through this year anyway with the, uh, again, the abiding desire that state legislators will actually at some point figure out how to do their jobs. All right. So, again, now you got your property tax bill. You said your house went up property valuation. Not not your house, but your property, right? Went up 20 percent? Well, yeah. So the property itself. So that would be the land and improvements went up 20 percent. Yeah. All right. So again, do you want to put people at ease that that their their property taxes aren't going to go up twenty percent, or do you want to? I feel because I feel like you're going to get bombarded with phone calls. Uh, we have absolutely, and I think that that's a reasonable thing because there's a concern because we haven't done this revaluation in the city for some time, and again, I'm not sure exactly why that is. That would not have been the case. Um, under my direction, I think that we need to make certain that we are making adjustments as it, as they are required, instead of pretending that we never have to make them, and then at some point say, "Oh no, we gotta we gotta redo things." Uh, so I think that this is a better way to go. But yeah, it's not it doesn't work that way. And I just did the math for you on my assessment. Yep. My assessment went up twenty percent. My taxes are actually decreasing, and I think that's by and large. There's going to be some slight adjustments here and there. You know, you'll get those situations where people, their their assessments will go up by 20%, but and they might see a slight property and tax increase. Or they might, like mine, go up 20% and see a slight 
uh, property tax decrease. We're going to be some some slight variations there depending on the property and the value of the property and the assessment and all of that. But for the most part, we're evening things out. We're making things more equitable for everyone, every property owner in the city of La Crosse. Is, is this going to rear its head like next year or a couple of years down the road where where that maybe it, that that increase in property tax value catches up and, and then therefore property taxes increase? Property tax value catches up in a property tax increase. No, this, the assessments, no. Like your, no. your, your house went up or your, your property value went up 20%. It can only go up a certain amount this year, but then next mm-hmm. year it'll go up that certain amount again. And so therefore it'll always go up that capped amount. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm trying to pretend I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're doing a great job, Rick. You really are. Well, it's like baby steps yeah. to get to to get the property think, tax I, increase I to the. Important, I think the important thing to re- remember. There's a couple things to remember as we head into 2023. Remember that your property taxes are not necessarily going up because your assessment has gone up. Also, remember that we're required to meet a statutory requirement to hit that mark that is within 10 percent of market value for all properties once every five years. This is a requirement that from the state of Wisconsin. This is a statutory requirement. And had we not done this revaluation, the State Department of Revenue would have done it for us at a cost to city taxpayers that would have been in excess of a million dollars. So the what the future holds and what the school district decides to do with a new building, how that impacts your taxes, I cannot predict that. But what I can say is that we are making certain that there is a fair and equitable adjustment so that the people in the city of La Crosse are paying their fair share of taxes. And that's what this revaluation is all about. Um, you know, I, I can't account for what the county does and what the school district does and what WTC does. For the time being, the city of La Crosse is under the revenue limits imposed by the state of Wisconsin. And for this year, that means that we can raise revenue and by a little less than 1% for the coming year. And uh, when our costs are just our basic fuel costs, you know, the energy costs, labor costs, all of that, when that's exceeding 4%, that puts us at a bit of a deficit. And again, we get back to that situation where we really need to call state legislators. And I encourage everyone to do that, to call your state legislator and say, hey, you know what, can you do something about this so that I can get my garbage picked up, so that I can pay our police department, so I can pay our firefighters and make sure that our parks stay operational and that our pools are open in the summer. I think that would be a really good thing for folks to do if they've got time tonight. Well, I got I got debate questions to come up, so I'll, I'll have to formulate a debate question for our assembly reps. I would really appreciate that, <laughs> and we'll see yeah. if they're we'll see if they're listening because this would be like kind of cheating on the test. They would know the the question coming up. All right, Mitch. <laughs> okay. th- thanks thanks for uh, yeah. for joining. Appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate it, Rick. Thanks a lot. Bye, Bye now. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. Thanks again to Art Faye, the Lacrosse Center director, for, well, tomorrow and then I guess Thursday will count because he's retiring Thursday. So I don't know if we count that as a work day. Um, you all know how those last days, for you retired guys, I mean, what was your last day of work like? We could do a whole show on that. What, what did you do on your literal last day of work before you retired? Did you do anything? Eat cake? Probably had a cake, right? I know Art had a cake last. I think they had a cake last week or maybe 
Yeah, I think so. 608-785-7914. Um, and, and again, thanks to Mayor Mitch Reynolds for joining. That conversation was recorded, so I apologize to to Tom here for waiting. If this is still... Nope, this is not Tom anymore. And, and that person hung up, too. All right. Well, you guys can't wait for three minutes to talk, but that's all right. Um, I, I did get a text here when, when Mitch is... And I'm not a tax expert. I, I've been talking to somebody uh, to try to help me explain some of this. But uh, the, I got a text that said, Mitch, explain what a mill rate is. It's a legitimate cl- question. Please, thanks, Michael. That's, that's who texted in, Michael. Um, and I asked him, kind of, but also, you know, there's, there's a part, uh, when he brings up mill rate, I'm like, oh, yeah, the mill rate. Because I'm thinking like tax levy and all these like terms that I just aren't, am not familiar with. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the mill rate thing. What is that? And you guys might laugh at me because I don't know exactly what a mill rate, how that works. And I asked him, and then he kind of explains it, but probably not as well as somebody who works in the in the field of explaining taxes, right? Whatever. I mean, the high school? Are we doing this in high school, college? Should we do this? Should we, should we be having a class? Did we have a class like this? I don't remember this being a class. Um, but I guess there's a Google it, right? Google mill rate. Figure it out. Um, that's the best I can do at this point. If you didn't, if, if you didn't understand, uh, some of that conversation like me, admittedly, I'll play the fool. Um, but yeah, you got your, you should have gotten your tax assessment in the mail probably today. Um, and Mitch said that Mayor Mitch Reynolds said that businesses should get them soon. Um, and this is a little different and we didn't get into this. I just like, there's so much that we've gotten into in past shows that I, and there's only so much time in the minutiae of all this stuff. But I believe in 2019, Mayor Tim Cabot at that time did the same thing, but only for residential property tax or maybe just for the house or whatever. And we, we had a lot of conversations at that time too, right? Like, uh, I think somebody, some people's property value or house value went up by like 40%. And scares everybody. Oh, my God. 40% taxes are going to go through the roof. Uh, going through the same situation myself uh, with property taxes, but I'm in Minnesota. So this isn't like this isn't any different uh, than anywhere else. But, you know, <laughs> the, the way the housing market is, is do, we, do we need to think about how we do this a little bit differently? Um, if we're doing it every five years, but we do this, we hit the five-year mark and we do this at maybe the worst time. Right. If we did this, uh, I, I, I was lucky enough to buy my house, I think, right after that. Uh, do you want to call it a housing crash in like around 2010? Um, we do our tax assessments then. <laughs> Everyone's property taxes are super low. Right. But we do them now. Everyone's property taxes are, are super high. If we do them two years from now instead of five years from now, you know, like out of the pandemic a little bit. I mean, is there I don't know that I guess there's a there's a question there. Can we can we do these tax assessments again in two years? Instead of five, just to kind of get out of the pandemic and, and whatever's going on in the world that's affecting us all. And and then we, you know, like this, is, this should be just a, like we should be able to redo it, I guess, is a, is a terrible way of putting it. Um, anyway, so, yeah, check those in the mail. We can we can gripe about them. I can I could try to bring someone on next week to. uh to talk about it a little bit. Also, I'll have a state senator on tomorrow. We can ask him what the state legislature could do, as Mitch Reynolds has talked about. Uh, you know, and a, and a state senator, not a, not a whole lot going on right now for them because they've been out of session since March. Count, count how many months that is. 
March, April, May, June, July, August, September. It's October. That's eight months ago. The last time our legislature met in session for more than 30 seconds. Uh, eight months ago, they've been off. They're not, they're off this month. They're off next month. They're off the next month. And then they're in session at some point when there's a new state legislature and a new potentially new governor, uh, a new term for governor. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.